Okay, that sounded brilliant! Wonderful. Brilliant, I say. Wunderbar. Alright, whenever you're... Okay. Oh, you got, you got things? You got notes? Nope. Oh. Same one as last week. <laughs> Welcome! Welcome! Oh, I don't say it with you. To Conversations <laughs> in Compass. I'm Clara. And I'm Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Clara. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday today. We normally Exciting. don't record on Fridays, so this is this is a whole new... Didn't get my act together in time yesterday. She certainly did not, but she did it today, people. Barely. <laughs> we'll see how good it is. Uh, yep, how's your week been? Ooh, Huckleberry. Um, good. Good. It's been good. cooler, which yeah. I'm a big fan of. <laughs> Um, it's not as hot. It was supposed to be in the 90s on Sunday and Monday this week. Yeah. So. Well, it's summer. Yeah. I like it. I know. You, you do. <laughs> you do. I will pass. You're fine. I'm fine. Well, you get all winter. I do. You get like Very nine exciting. months of the year. So. And I also cannot believe that it's all. I know. It's crazy. Your birthday's coming up. It's coming. It's coming. Coming in. Coming so in. What? After, in between this one and the next episode, or what? Is it the 17th? Yeah. I got it right. I can't even get my own birthday right. I don't know what day it is today. What's on this day? What? Oh, no. <laughs> Today's, today is the 5th. The 9th. The 9th. So it's after the next one. After the next one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pew, pew. Yeah, we'll have one come out on the 16th, which is the day before. The day before the birthday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought I had things, but I don't. Mm. Well. Because they've even started like on Twitter. Yeah. Like, when I see something hilarious uh-huh. on Twitter, I will save it, which is how I found Freya. Oh, nice. So. But I, nothing funny nothing, this week. <laughs> and I well, I think my phone is also in my car. Oh, nuts! So well, you wouldn't have anything on your notes app, anyways. No, <laughs> heavens, forbid I wouldn't have anything on my notes app. Nope. Um, did you do anything fun this weekend? <laughs> well, this weekend was supposed to be the oh yeah company trip, which company trip fell through. That's right. Um, and then. Yeah, no, we have a dinner, and then that's about it. Like, nothing super exciting. Fun. Sounds like a great weekend. Yeah, I think we're just going to clean the house. <laughs> I know. It's thrilling. Yeah, thrilling, let stuff. me tell you. Um, cool. Okay, well, we can just hop right into it if we okay. have, really have nothing. I don't really... I can't think of anything I want to talk about. I can't think of anything interesting <laughs> that's happened in the past Yeah, I feel like we days. had a lot last time, and so now. Well, we had Freya. We had Freya. We had the Summerton Man update. Yeah, we had the Jimmy exciting. Hoffa update. The Jimmy Hoffa non-update. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed it, you're yep. still missing. It all happened <laughs> last week, and now we got nothing. We got nothing. Well, the nothing. only thing like, I can think of, and it's because I just saw an alert for it right as I was getting into Tell me. My car. I don't care where you were. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no. So Alex Jones, the oh, yeah, InfoWars yeah, 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 yeah. guy, uh-huh. um, was ordered not only to pay $4 million uh-huh. um, for his saying Sandy Hook was a lie yeah. and a conspiracy, which... It's faked. It's not... No. It's, it, was, it, it actually it. happened. 
uh, he is now going supposed to pay forty two point five million dollars in restitution to the families. Good. I mean, they'll never see a dime of it, but no, it'll all go to lawyers, lawyers fees, but. But good. But good. <laughs> I mean, yippee skippy. Yeah. Oh, and there was. You can't okay. just say things like that. No. I don't care if you have your own TV show. No. We have a podcast and we can say what we want, but we don't say stupid things. Well, nobody would <laughs> listen to us That's anyways. That's true. <laughs> Our tens of fans out there. Yeah. Um, no, and I also did see, so I saw that Hulu uh-huh. is doing a miniseries uh-huh. about the devil in the white city. Oh, and H.H. Holmes, H.H. Holmes action. Uh, and Keanu Reeves has signed on to be in it. He won't be H.H. Holmes, but he will be somebody else in it. Interesting. Maybe the detective. Keanu's in there. And then there's rumor that it's Leo DiCaprio. Okay, I thought I heard about that like years and years ago that. Leo, I like he maybe he bought the rights. He bought to it or the something? rights to make it into a movie back in like 2010. Okay, and he well, get to it, buddy. What do even you got see like doing? Martin Scorsese on to direct? <laughs> the problem is he didn't get anybody to write the script. Uh, I'll do it. That's I'll do easy. it. Is it? There's yeah. a full book already. Just yeah. read that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just read it on TV. Yeah. Um, Kill a bunch of people in a weird hotel and stuff them in the walls. I don't think he stuffed him in the walls. I think he had like laundry chutes and he would throw them down the laundry <laughs> chute into like the, you wee. know, the wee. <laughs> would throw them down into the basement. Well, we'll find out when we watch that movie. That's true. So I don't know when it's coming out, but I heard Keanu signed on. Let's and then do it. I think, I think, I don't know what Leo's involvement is going to be, but. He's going to make money off it. He's going to make it. Speaking of Leo, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. Okay, go, go. We are on our. Second week sea of... Sea-based September sea would have been better. That would have been a lot better. <laughs> no, but we have serial killer September. Oh, that's right. So, where we can probably talk about H.H. Holmes. Perfect. Um, what did you, oh, you call it? Something. Ursula August. Ursula August. <laughs> Which is better than sea-based August. Sea-based Ursula. Because most of the things we're going to talk about, something bad happened. About 90%. And Ursula's bad. I would say. She is bad. So... And she's in the sea. And she's a sea witch. She's a sea witch. Ooh. <laughs> um, so this week, I am talking about, I was inspired by yours last week. Ooh. A ship disaster. So <laughs> I am talking about probably the most well-known ship disaster. Is it near? Is it far? It's wherever you wherever are. Wherever you are. <laughs> it is the RMS. Titanic. Ooh, girl. I've only seen that movie once. What? And that's all I know about it. I know it was in 1912. It was in 1912. Because I'm trying to get better at dates. You're doing great. But other than that, I know nothing. It was in April of 1912. April. Specifically. Ooh, iceberg time. Yeah, straight ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dead ahead, I thought. Um, so I'm going to talk about the RMS Titanic. RMS. Bring now, it. Bring it down. I'm not... We will get to the big event, which, spoiler alert, it sinks. <laughs> she goes down. <laughs> she goes down to the bottom of the sea. Um, but I wanted to know, uh-huh. because the movie does not cover, like, the ship itself. How it was built. What it looked like. Oh, what girl. the different floors we're were. We're diving deep. We're doing a deep dive down <laughs> okay. into the ocean. Give me it. Put your snorkel on. <laughs> Maybe, like, an oxygen tank, because she goes deep. She goes deep. <laughs> um... 
Maybe also a wetsuit because it's cold. like a pressure thing because I think it's pretty far down there. It probably. Um, oh, one of those little like submarines. A beep, beep. Yep, little tiny. Beep. Yeah. Personal submarine. Okay, anyway, RMS Titanic. <laughs> okay. She was built in Belfast, Ireland. Ireland. She's Irish. And she was the second of three what they called Olympic class ocean ironers. So she had two sisters. Oh, cute. Um, the first was the RMS Olympic. Okay. And the third was the HMHS Britannic. What do the letters mean, I wonder? Uh, you know, I should have looked that up. <laughs> I sure didn't. Okay. <laughs> um, if you'd like to do a Google, because you have your phone, I don't. Um, I think it's like, I think RMS stands for Royal Majesty Ship. And then HMS is like His Majesty. The Queen. Herbert. Ship. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't um, find it best. Anywho. So, RMS Titanic. RMS Olympic and HMHS Britannic. So the Britannic was originally going to be called the Gigantic. Ooh. Because she was going to be a thousand feet long. Ooh, big girl. She's going to be a big girl. <laughs> uh, so they were by far the largest vessels of the British shipping company, the White Star Line. Ooh. Uh, which comprised of 29 steamers and tenders in 1912. Okay. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. Toot toot. Uh, the three ships had their genesis in discussion in mid-1907 between White Star Line's chairman, J. Bruce Ismay, and American financier, J.P. Morgan. Oh, I know him. We know him. Uh, who controlled the White Star Line's parent corporation, the International Mercantile Marine Company. The Mercantile Marine. Mercantile. I've noticed a lot of stores being called like Mercantile. Hmm, I've never heard like, that. I've one. seen so many stores <laughs> called like with like the name Mercantile in it. Hmm. I don't know, maybe because I live close to water. Maybe it could be. Is it mean in water? The Dakotas. <laughs> in the landlocked state. In the landlocked of the state of the Dakotas. <laughs> um, so White Star Line was facing an increased challenge from its main rival, Cunard. Cunard. Cunard, uh, which had recently launched the Lusitania and oh, the Mauritania. Okay which were the fastest passenger ships in service. Okay. They were speedy. And German lines Hamburg, America, and Norditsch, Yeah, got it. Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd. Um, so uh, J. Bruce had preferred to compete on size rather than speed, mm, okay. which, you know, size matters, people, when it comes to boats. So does speed. Depending on the, depending on the time. Depending on the destination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and proposed to commission a new class of liners that would be larger than anything that had gone before, as well as being the last word in comfort and luxury. Ooh, that sounds nice. She's, she fancy. So the ships were constructed by Belfast shipbuilders Harland and Wolf, who had a long established relationship with the White Star Line. Harland and Wolf were given a great deal of latitude in designing the ships. Um, the usual approach was for Harland, for White Star Line to sketch out a general concept. Okay. Be like, this is kind of what I want it to look like. Uh-huh. And then Harland Wolf be like, awesome. We'll take it from we'll here. We'll take it from here. Okay. Um, but cost considerations were very low on the agenda. Mm-hmm. So didn't care how much it cost, just get it done. Yeah. Um, and Harland and Wolf were authorized to spend what it needed on the ships. 
Perfect. So that great. sounds nice. It's like this is I want a big boat that's pretty. Go. <laughs> Use as much money as you want. Make it rain. <laughs> so uh, they put their lead leading designers to work designing the Olympic class of vessels. Um, the design was overseed by Lord Peary a director of both Harlan and Wolf and the White Star Line, and naval architect Thomas Andrews, who was the managing director of uh, Harlan and Wolf's design department. Okay. And Edward Wildling, Andrews's deputy and responsible for calculating the ship's design, stability, and trim. And Alexander Carlyle, who was the shipyard's chief draughtsman and general manager. Hmm. So they were all involved in the design. Good job. And since you've seen the movie Titanic. Yeah. Mr. Andrews. Okay. Is I only saw it once. Remember? Oh no! Yeah. Oh dang it! Well, Miss, he's in it. I okay. Remember. Victor Garber. Okay. Victor Garber. He plays great. Thomas Andrews. Um. So Carlisle's responsibilities included decorations, equipment, and all general arrangements, including the implementation of an efficient lifeboat davit design. Oh. Keep that in mind. Okay. Lifeboats. Davits. Davits. Design. Overall design. <laughs> I'm worried about his future in the industry. I don't think it ends well for him. <laughs> uh, so on July 29th, 1908, Harlan and Wolf presented drawings to J. Bruce Ismay and the other White Star Line executives, um, where J. Bruce approved the design and signed three letters of agreement days later, authorizing the start of the construction. Okay. Um, at this point, the very first ship was the Olympic. So the Olympic was done first. Um, had no name and was simply referred to as number 400 because it was their 400th hull. Sure, makes sense. And Titanic um, was based on a revised version of the same design as Olympic and was number 401. 401. 401. So some basic specs of the boat. Yep, give them to me. So she was 882 feet and 9 inches oh, long. That's a big one. With a breadth of 92 feet 6 inches. Wow. Uh, her total height measured from the base of the keel to the top of the bridge was 104 feet. And she was 46,328 gross tons. Oh, she big. She big girl. <laughs> um, she sinks fast. <laughs> <laughs> She's too heavy, She's some might too say. too heavy. Freya... <laughs> Take heed. <laughs> um, so all three of the Olympic class ships had 10 decks, which ex- excluding the top of the officer's quarters. Um, and eight of them for were for passenger use. Mm-hmm. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, Alex, mm-hmm. that's a lot of decks. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot of decks. <laughs> what were their purposes? I'm glad you asked, Clara, because I, feel like looking I, out, looking I wrote them of. down. Okay, great. <laughs> I wrote them all down. So it's not just for looking off of. <laughs> it's not just for looking off of. Okay. Uh, so the boat deck. Mm-hmm. This is where the lifeboats were. Uh-oh. Again, we're going to keep in mind the lifeboats. Okay. Very aware of the lifeboats. Uh, so the bridge and the wheelhouse were at the forward end of the boat deck in front of the captain's and officer's quarters. And the wood-covered deck was divided into four segregated promenades for officers, first-class passengers, engineers, and second-class passengers. Okay. Lifeboats lined the side of the deck, except in the first class area. Well, you wouldn't want to block the view. That's exactly why they did it. <laughs> Not going to put some lifeboats no, to block the view. That's for peasants. Safety? Pfft. Who's she? The audacity. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, a deck, or the promenade deck, mm-hmm. um, extended along the entire 546 feet length of the superstructure, and it was reserved exclusively for first-class passengers mm-hmm. and contained, oh no, the first-class cabins, a first-class lounge, smoke room, reading and writing room, and palm court. Palm court? Palm court. What is that? I believe it's like just a little eating area. Oh, cute. A place to get a nosh. <laughs> You, you, I feel like you belong there. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually probably belong in like... <laughs> I'm in stereo. F deck. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so B deck or bridge deck. Sure. Um, was the top weight bearing deck and the uppermost level of the hull. Okay. Um, more first class passenger accommodations were located here oh. with six palatial staterooms. Oh, nice. They're big. Um, featuring their own private promenades. Ooh. And on Titanic, the a la carte restaurant and the Cafe Parisien provided luxury dining facilities to the first class passengers. Only? Nobody else got to eat? No, well, not there. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second class smoking room was um, located on that deck. And aft of the bridge deck was the raised poop deck, mm-hmm. which was 106 feet long, used as a promenade by the third class passengers. Swab the poop deck. Be on the poop deck, you pest. Swine. You swine. (laughs) Uh, C deck, or the shelter deck, was the highest deck to run uninterrupted from stem to stern. Okay. So the whole length of the boat. Sure. For those who don't know. Well, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else who may not not watch below deck. (laughs) Constantly. Constantly. (laughs) Um... So it included both well decks. The aft one served as part of the third class promenade. Crew cabins were housed below um, as well. And third class public rooms were housed below the poop deck. Mm-hmm. And in between were the majority of the first class cabins and a second class library. Oh, library. A library. Uh, D deck or the saloon deck. Mm-hmm. Um, was dominated by three large public rooms. Nice. Um, the first class reception room, the first class dining saloon, and the second class dining saloon. And an open space was provided for third class passengers. Okay. They just get a big open Just they get a big open space to run around. <laughs> Do something with this. Um, first, second, and third class passengers had cabins on the deck with berths for firemen located in the bow. And it was the highest level reached. By the ship's watertight bulkheads. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh. Keep that in mind. Keeping. Pending uh, it. E-deck, or the upper deck, mm-hmm. um, predominantly used for passenger accommodations for all three classes, plus a spot for cooks, seamen, steward, and trimmers. So, if you look like below deck where all the cru- cruise quarters is, yeah. same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, along its length ran a long passageway nicknamed Scotland Road. Which was in reference to a famous street in Liverpool. Liverpool. Um, Scotland Road was used by third class passengers and crew members. Okay. To get from front to back. Front to back. Up to stern. Um, F deck or middle deck was the last complete deck and mainly accommodated second and third class passengers and several departments of the crew. The third class dining saloon was located there, as were the swimming pool, Turkish bath, and kennels. Oh, kennels. Okay. The Got dogs. to bring your dog. Got to bring your dog. <laughs> Uh, G deck or the lower deck was the lowest complete deck that carried passengers and it had the lowest portholes just above the waterline. The squash court was located there um, as well as uh, the traveling post office. 
Okay. Where letters and parcels were sorted, ready for delivery when the ship docked. Okay. That's also where they kept the food. Hmm. Uh, so the orlop decks and the tank top were the lowest level of the, the ship. Tank top. Yeah, God, it's a, a shirt. Tank top. Well, it's also an area on a boat, which is the lowest, which doesn't make any sense. No. Well, the tank top, but it's the lowest. But it's the bottom. Below, it was actually below the waterline. So the orlop decks were used as cargo spaces, while the tank top, which is the inner bottom of the ship's hull, provided the platform on which the ship's boilers, engines, turbines, and electrical generators were housed. Tanks are on top of it. Tanks are on top. Tank top. Oh, hey. <laughs> eh, there I we go. I figured it. So, the passenger facilities aboard the Titanic were aimed to meet the highest standards of luxury. Mm-hmm. So, according to, t- to Titanic's general arrangement plans, the ship could accommodate 833 first-class passengers, 614 Whoa. second-class passengers, and 1,006 passengers in third class. That's a bunch. For a total passenger capacity of 2,435. Wowzers. In addition, her capacity for crew members exceeded 900. 900 crew. 900 crew. Dang. That's a lot of people. Her interior design was a departure from that of, a, of other passenger liners, which had typically been decorated in a rather heavy style of like manor house or English country house. Okay. Compared to Cute. its opulence, which it was. <laughs> so Titanic was laid out in a much lighter style, similar to that of the contemporary high class hotels. Um, like the Ritz Hotel in England. I don't know. It seems Never fancy. been to it. I've heard me, of it. <laughs> me neither. Um, with first class cabins finished in the Empire style. Ooh. A variety of other decorative styles ranging from Renaissance to Louis XV were used nice. to decorate cabins and public rooms in the first and second class areas of the ship. Okay. Among the more novel features to the first class passengers was a seven foot deep water swimming pool. Seven feet, that's mm-hmm. deep. That's deep. Yeah. Um, a gymnasium, a squash court, and a Turkish bath, which comprised electric bath, steam room, cool room, massage room, and a hot room. Hmm. I kind of want to go on this boat. It doesn't sound lovely. <laughs> it sounds lovely. First class common rooms were impressive in scope and lavishly decorated, which included a lounge in the style of the Palace of Versailles. Okay. An enormous reception room, a men's smoking room, and a reading and writing room. Women don't get to smoke. No. Why would they? <laughs> um, there was an a la carte restaurant in the style of the Ritz Hotel, which was run by a concession of famous f- Italian restaurateur, Gasperi Gatti. <gasps> Ooh, Gasperi Gatti. Gasperi Gatti. I don't know who he Me is. Either. <laughs> um, a cafe Parisian decorated in the style of a French sidewalk cafe. Cute. Complete with ivy-covered trellises and wicker furniture, was run as an annex to the restaurant. For an extra cost, the first-class passengers could enjoy the finest French haute cuisine in the most luxurious of surroundings. Ooh. Uh, There was also a veranda cafe where tea and light refreshments were served. Yum. And offered grand views of the ocean. (laughs) And then there was a dining saloon on D-deck that was like, meh. (laughs) You can go if you want. You you can go if you want. It's not (laughs) a big deal. Um... And it was designed by an architect named Charles Fitzroy Dahl, who apparently is really fi- famous. I Charles Dahl? Like, looked at him and I was Cyril like... Dahl's brother. Is that Dahl? D-A... I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Um, but the dining saloon actually was the largest room afloat and could seat almost 600 passengers at Whoa. a time. 
So third class, which is commonly referred to as steerage. Yeah, girl, that's where I live. Um, accommodations aboard the Titanic were not as luxurious as first or second class. I know, shocking. <laughs> um, but even so, they were better than on many other ships at the well, time. Yeah. They reflected the improved standards of which White Star Line had adopted for transatlantic immigrant and lower class travel. On most North, on most other North Atlantic passenger ships at the time, third-class accommodations consisted of a little more than open dormitories in the forward end of the vessel, mm. which hundreds of people were put into. Hmm. No space. Seems no, like too no many pri- people. No privacy. No privacy. Um, third, uh, no. So the White Star Line had long since broken that mold, as seen aboard the Titanic. All White Star Line passenger ships divided their third-class accommodations into two sections, always at opposite ends of the vessel from one another. So the established arrangements were that single men were quartered in the forward areas, Mm -hmm. while single women, married couples, and families were quartered aft. Less bouncy, probably. Probably. That makes sense. Put the men up front. Go away. Let them get seasick. Let them get seasick. Um, in addition, while other ships provided only open berth sleeping arrangements, White Star Line vessels provided their third class passengers with private but small comfortable cabins of accommodating two, four, six, eight, and ten passengers. Oh my goodness. So instead of one big open space, they had little tiny rooms. So you still had a semblance of like yeah, eight people still alive. Privacy. I think they were bunk beds. If I'm taking it from the movie <laughs> Titanic <laughs> Which, Which is also are. a source. Yes. They were bug bites. Well, James Cameron went down there and looked at He's it. He's the so. greatest pioneer. <laughs> uh, so third class accommodations also included their own dining rooms as well as public gathering areas, including adequate open deck space. Nice. Which was the poop deck. Um, and a large open space on D deck that could be used as a social hall. This was supplemented. Oh, that's where they danced with. Uh, what's her name? Yeah, when they did the little Irish dance. Yeah. And then they... Okay, fun fact. Kate. Brian's. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, thank you. Brian's aunt was supposed to be Whoa. in that scene. Oh, not on the boat. I was like, I no, don't no, know no, if that's no, accurate. No, no. That's not accurate. <laughs> no, in the movie, she was supposed oh, to be happened? in the scene with Irish dancer. She was supposed to be one of them. She was getting married at the time <sighs> they were filming. Are they still together? Yes. Okay, fine. It was worth it. They're still together. And they have three kids. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Fine. It was true love wins. (laughs) Um, And she's also in the Folgers commercial with the Irish dancers. (laughs) Is she like an Irish dancer? She is an Irish dancer. Yes. She owns her own Irish dance studio now. Cool. Yeah. We'll do a little jig. A little jiggity jig. (laughs) I'm surprised there's no Irish dancing at my wedding. Yeah. There was at the last Sullivan wedding, or Malone wedding I went to. Post Shout Malone. out the Malones. Um, <laughs> Is he married? Posty. I don't know. Um, so one of the most distinctive features on the Titanic was the first class staircase. Yes. Also known as the Grand Staircase or the Grand Stairway. So it was built of solid English oak with a sweeping curve. The staircase descended through seven decks of the ship between the boat deck to the E-deck before terminating in a simplified single-flight F-deck. So it was capped with a dome of wrought iron and glass that emitted natural light to the stairwell. And at the uppermost top of the landing was a large curved, carved wood panel containing a clock. 
pretty. So remember in the movie, it's like, meet me at the clock. And then they meet at the clock. And then, <laughs> then they die. Then, well, yeah, it's when, they, <laughs> when they're dead, they meet at the clock. It's very cute. Oh. So. No, I don't remember that part. Here we go. Okay. Titanic's maiden voyage. Now you know about the ship. Yes. Now we're going to go on a little trip. Now I want to go on it so bad. I know. Well. <laughs> Just wait. wait. Just you wait. <laughs> Um, so Titanic's maiden voyage began on Wednesday, April 10th, 1912. Um, following the crew getting on, the passengers started arriving at about 9.30 when the London and South Southwestern Railway's boat train from London Waterloo Station arrived at Southampton Terminus Railway Station alongside Titanic. So basically, okay. train. Got off the train right onto the Take boat. you right there, which is great. It's like a modern they day. They really haven't figured out light rail. There. It, they really do. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've never been there though. That's but. great. I have ridden the train many a time many. in London. Did you mind the gap? I minded the gap. Ah, I did. Must. Um, so the number of third class passengers, um, because of the large number of third class passengers, they were the first to board. With the first and second class passengers following up to an hour before departure, so. They did not have to wait on the boat for an extremely long period of time. Okay. But the third class passengers, yeah, we don't care. (laughs) Um, Get on or don't. So they, and the first and second, the first class passengers were personally greeted by the captain, Captain Smith himself. Wow. Uh, Third class passengers were inspected for ailments and physical impairments that might lead to their being refused entry to the United States. Prospects the White Star Line wanted to avoid because then they'd have to take them back Um, (laughs) across the Atlantic, which is not fun. It's a long commute. Very long, especially on a boat. Um, Especially a sunken one. (laughs) Especially one that sinks. Uh, The maiden voyage began at noon, um, but an accident narrowly averted only a few minutes later. So oh, so there was almost an accident that stopped the vessel oh, man. before it could even go. That's that would have been sign. way better, yeah. That is a sign that, that something better. bad is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not even off the dock. <laughs> what happened? Just I'll the tell next. you what happened. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what happened. So the Titanic passed the moored liners SS City of New York and the American Line and the Oceanic of, White, of the White Star Line. So getting like through other boats uh-huh. to get out. Um, which would have been her running mate on the service from Southampton. Um, her huge displacement caused both of, both of the smaller ships to be lifted by a bowl <laughs> of water and then dropped into a trough. Uh-huh. So the city of New York's mooring cables could not take the sudden strain and they snapped, swinging her around stern first towards <laughs> Titanic. Those two ships avoided a collision by a distance of four feet. <laughs> That is 1.2 meters. That is not very big. That's not enough. That's not enough. Oh, man. Captain so, Sandy would be really bad. Oh, Captain Lee. Captain Ooh. Lee, you'd never get over that. No, you'd, he'd, you'd he be would, fired. You would know. You get a plane ticket home. You get your plane ticket home with your tips. <laughs> How many plane tickets does he have? Just like. He's got a lot. Just he sent a lot of people home. Just ready. <laughs> just at the ready. Yeah. Um. So that they. The incident delayed the departure for about an hour while the drifting New York City of New York ship was brought under control. Okay. So then Titanic would pick up additional passengers in France at the port uh-huh. of Cherbourg and the Irish port of Cork. After that, she was on her way across the Atlantic to New York. 
York City. Woohoo! And was supposed to arrive the morning of April 17th. Did that happen, Alex? Sure didn't. (laughs) So, Titanic received a series of warnings from other ships of drifting ice in the area of the Great Banks of Newfoundland. Okay. But Captain Edward Smith Uh ignored them all. Uh, One of the ships continued, one of the ships that warned Titanic was the Atlantic Line's Misaba. Nevertheless, the ship continued full steam ahead, which was standard practice at the time. Although the ship was not trying to set a speed record, timekeeping was a priority. And under prevailing maritime practices, ships were often operated at close to full speed with ice warnings seen as advisories Hmm. and reliance placed upon lookouts on the watch bridge. Hmm. (laughs) So, at... 11.40 11.40 p.m. Ship's time. Which, I don't know what that means. It just says ship's time. The time on the ship, I it's guess. It's like I if if you, while you were going, you crossed a time zone, you would keep the ship's time until, like, whatever time they change the ship times to the actual time. Uh, yeah. The more you know. <laughs> so I think I don't know. I'm going to go with it. Uh, So at 11.40 p.m. ship's time on April 14th, lookout Frederick Fleet spotted an iceberg immediately ahead of Titanic and alerted the bridge. Okay, he said something. Great. He said something. Good job. First officer William Murdoch ordered the ship to be steered around the obstacle and the engines to be reversed. But it was too late. The starboard side of Titanic struck the iceberg, creating a series of holes below the waterline. Yo. So the hole was not punctured by the ice by the iceberg. It instead created a series of like dents. Mm-hmm. But the hole seemed to buckle and separated Perfect. and then allowed water to come right in. Perfect. Why does this always happen at night? Too? I don't know. The Indianapolis was in the middle of the night too. I guess people can't it's see it. It's gonna be dark. This is why we need night vision goggles. <laughs> so this dark. is why. They have it now. Um, so five of the ship's watertight compartments were breached. It soon became clear that the ship was doomed as she could not survive more than four compartments being flooded. Now remember. Oh boy. All five of them. Were flooded. Were flooded. Um. Huh. Titanic began sinking bow first with water spilling from compartment to compartment as her angle in the water became steeper and steeper. This is scary. It's no surprise that those aboard Titanic were ill-prepared for such an emergency. Um, (laughs) They're asleep. They're asleep. Uh, In accordance with accepted practices of the time, as the ships were seen as largely unsinkable and lifeboats Mm. were intended to transfer passengers to nearby rescue rescue vessels, Mm The Titanic only had enough lifeboats to carry about half of those on board. Great. If, got doors, though. If the ship had <laughs> carried her full compartment of 3,339 passengers and crew, only about a third of them would have been able to it's get into the lifeboats. not very many. Um, the crew had not yet been trained. Good. In how to carry out an evacuation. Sure, why would you? Uh, the officers did not know how many they could safely put on the lifeboats. You don't want that to sink, um, too. And launched many of them barely half full. Perfect. Uh, third class passengers were largely left to fend for themselves, causing mm-hmm. many of them to become trapped below decks as the ship filled with water. The women and children first protocol was generally followed when loading the lifeboats. And most of the male passengers and crew were left aboard. 
Uh, in 2022, actually, uh, this author and expert on the Titanic argued that it was not true that women and children survived thanks to the, thanks to the gallantry of men. Sugar. Um, <laughs> of the last survivors escaping on the final lifeboats, leaving the starboard side of the ship, the majority of them were men. Yeah. Yeah. The women probably just got on first because they're like this is an emergency situation let's go they were like the oh were save like, the women save the women and children put them on the boats like say but like save the women and children and then like on they're running to the other side of the ship to get on the other <laughs> lifeboats um between 2 10 and 2 15 a.m a little over two and a half hours later titanic <laughs> ah, oh sorry sunk <laughs> After, so a little over two and a half hours after Titanic struck the iceberg, uh-huh. her rate of sinking suddenly increased as the boat deck dipped underwater Uh-oh. and the sea poured in through the open hatches and grates. Uh-oh. As her unsupported <clears throat> stern rose out of the water, exposing the propellers, the ship broke into two pieces mm, uh, due to the immense force on the keel. With the bow underwater and air trapped in the stern, the stern remained afloat and buoyant for a few minutes longer, rising to a near vertical angle. A few minutes with, isn't enough. With hundreds of people still clinging to yeah. it before foundering at 2.20 a.m. <laughs> All remaining passengers and crew were immersed into lethally cold water with a temperature of 28 degrees no, Fahrenheit. No, thank you. Well, uh, it's got ice in it. Obviously, it's cold. It's freezing. Below freezing, Below freezing, I dare say. Sudden immersion into freezing cold water typically causes death within minutes, either from cardiac arrest, uncontrollable breathing of water, or cold incapacitation, which not as commonly believed from hypothermia. Hmm. Uh, and almost all of those in the water died of cardiac arrest or other bodily reactions to the freezing water within 15 to 20 minutes. 15 to 30 minutes. Either Only way. five of them were helped into lifeboats, though. The lifeboats had room for almost 500 more people. Oh, my gosh. So distress signals were sent by... So while the boat was still sinking, um, distress signals were sent by wireless rockets and lamp, but none of the ships that responded were near enough to reach Titanic before she sank. Mm-mm. A radio operator aboard the SS Burma, for instance, and estimated that it would be 6 a.m. before the liner could arrive <gasps> at the scene. Meanwhile, the SS Californian, which was the last to have been in contact before the collision, saw Titanic's flares but failed to assist. Hmm. At 4 a.m., the RMS Carpathia arrived on the scene in response to Titanic's earlier distress calls. Uh, about 710 people survived the disaster and were brought to the Carpath and were brought to the Carpathia and then ended up going to New York mm-hmm. um, while at least 1,500 people died. Mm. Carpathia's captain described the place as an ice field that included two, 20 large icebergs measuring up to 200 feet high and numerous smaller icebergs as well as ice flows and debris from Titanic. Sheesh. Passengers described being in the middle of a vast white plain of ice studded with icebergs, and the area is now known as Iceberg Alley. Oh, good. Yeah, she's got a name. <laughs> so the RMS Carpathia took three days to reach New York after leaving the scene of the disaster. Her journey was slowed by ice and fog and thunderstorms and rough seas. It just wasn't great. Correct, like, it just correct. did not did not keep going. Survive, well. Let's really to dig it in your yeah. trauma. <laughs> so the initial reports uh, were confusing. 
<laughs> um, oh no, she was, uh, so Carpathia was able to pass news to the outside world by wireless about what happened. Mm-hmm. So the initial reports were confusing, leading the American press to report erroneously on April 15th that Titanic was being towed Uh-oh. by another boat. Uh-oh. Uh, if only. If only. Later that day, confirmation came through that Titanic had been lost and most of her passengers and crew had died. The news attracted crowds of people to the White Star Line offices in New York, London, and Montreal, and Southampton, and Liverpool, and Belfast. It hit hardest in the Southampton community where um, people suffered the greatest loss from the sinking because Hmm. four out of every five crew members came from Southampton. Okay. Um, So, remember when I was telling you about the Californian? Uh Uh-huh. That ship? So, this is actually a controversial issue. Um, Examined by inquiries was the role that the SS Californian played which had only been a few miles from Titanic, but had not picked up her distress calls or responded hmm. to her signal rockets. Why not? Um, Californian had warned Titanic by radio of the pack ice, mm-hmm. but Titanic's senior wireless operator who survived said no. They th- didn't. They did not. Huh. Uh, That's so it, shady. So at 10.10 p.m., uh, the Californian observed lights of a ship to the south, and it was later agreed by Captain Stanley and Third Officer C.V. Um, that this was a passenger liner. So they're like, yep, that's a passenger liner, all right. Look Probably at her go. Probably the Titanic. Um, at 11.50 <laughs> p.m., the officer, so the third officer came on and Captain Stanley went to bed. Okay. So at 11.50 p.m., uh, the third officer watched as the ship lights, ship's lights flashed out as if she had suddenly shut down. They or saw it shopping. happen? Uh-huh. And that the port light was now visible. Morse light signals to the ship upon um, Captain Stanley's order were made between 11.30 and 1 a.m. How are they supposed to answer back? They don't have any lights, you dingus. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But they weren't acknowledged. So they're like, okay. It must be fine. The the whole boat just disappeared. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, oh, my gosh. If Titanic was as far from the SS Californian as Captain Stanley claimed, then he knew or should have known that more signals would not be visible. Yeah, doy. Um, uh, a reasonable and prudent course of action would have been to awaken the wireless operator and instruct <laughs> him to contact the Titanic by that method. Had Captain Stanley done so, it is possible he could have reached Titanic in time to save additional lives. I'm mad. So Captain Stanley had gone to the chart room at 11 p.m. to spend the night. However, the second officer, Herbert, was on duty. Herb. Notified Captain Stanley at 1.10 a.m. that the ship had fired five rockets. Lord, uh, Captain Stanley wanted to know if they were company signals. That is, colored flares used for identification. And uh, the second officer had said he did not know and that the rockets were all white. Okay. So Captain Stanley instructed the crew to continue to signal the other vessel with the Morse lamp. And he went back to sleep. (laughs) Three more rockets were observed at 1.50 a.m., and uh, the second officer noted that the ship looked strange in the water as if she were listing. Broken and freaking half. She don't look right. (laughs) Um, That boat sure looks like it's sinking. At 2.15 a.m. Was that boat not moving? I don't understand how they had eyes on it the whole time. They're not moving because of the the ice. They stopped. Okay. Um, At 2.15 a.m., Captain Stanley was notified the ship could no longer be seen. 
Um, Captain Stanley asked again if the lights had any colors in them, and he was informed they were all white. What does white mean? Apparently nothing. It means they're just sinking. It just means help. (laughs) (laughs) It means this is the only rocket I can find. Help me. It's all I have. Everything else is underwater. Maybe they're hard to light. The right colors. Yeah. But don't worry. (laughs) Oh, I'm worried. The Californian eventually responds. (laughs) At about 5.30 a.m. But no one answers because they're all dead. Yeah, they're all, there's nobody there. Um, At about 5.30 a.m., the chief officer awakened the, finally woke up the wireless operator and was like, hey, dude, we kind of need you. Um, Informed him, yeah, we saw some rockets. Can you try to, like, communicate with them and see what's going on? Um, And that's when he got news that Titanic had been lost. And uh, the captain was notified, and the ship sent out to render assistance. But she arrived well after Carpathia had already been by to pick up people. She better. So (laughs) she tried. (laughs) Did she? (laughs) Not hard. (laughs) But she tried. That's annoying. Um... The inquiries found that the ship seen by the Californian was in fact the Titanic, and it would have been possible for the Californian to come to her rescue. Therefore, Captain Stanley had acted improperly in failing to do so. Yeah. Did he go to jail? I don't know. <laughs> Probably the last, I, I got mad, so I decided to stop reading about Captain <laughs> yeah, Stanley. Yeah, I don't blame you. So in total, Titanic lost 68% of the total passengers wow. and crew. Once the massive loss of life became known, the White Star Line chartered the cable ship C.S. McKay Bennett from Halifax, Nova Scotia, to retrieve the bodies. Ooh. Uh, the first ship. job. <laughs> so it was the first ship to reach the site of the sinking. It found so many bodies that in the embalming supplies that they had on board were quickly, like, gone. So health regulations required that only embalmed bodies could be returned to port. Um, The captain and the undertakers decided to preserve only the bodies of first-class passengers. Oh, come on. Hold on. Justifying their decision by the need to visually identify wealthy men to resolve any dispute over large (sighs) estates. Everybody's terrible. Everyone's awful. Um, As a result, mainly third-class passengers and crew were buried at sea. Um, the captain of the C.S. McKay Bennett identified many of those buried at sea as crew members by their clothing and stated that as a mariner, he himself would have been contended to be buried at sea. Cool. Would ya? Would ya now? <laughs> so for the longest time, people thought Titanic sank in one piece. No. Because they didn't know how it happened. Yeah. Like, they're like, we have no idea. Um... So over many years, people were like, okay, we got to, we got to find the, we got to fall out on the bottom this of the thing. ocean. We got to find this thing. Got to yeah. see what's going on. We got to see if the bathtubs are full of water. <laughs> they would be. They would they? be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so none of them and came. everything else. Yeah. Everything else. But the bathtubs are still full. But bathtubs are functioning out there. Very functioning. <laughs> um, none came to fruition. And the fundamental problem was the sheer difficulty of finding and reaching a wreck that lies over 12,000 feet below the surface. Yeah, it's dark. There's pressure. The water pressure is about 6,500 pounds per square inch. Seems like a lot. So there were numerous (laughs) expeditions to try to get there, but none of them were successful until September 1st, 1985, that a Franco-American expedition led by Jean-Louis Michel and Robert Ballard finally got down there they to see. They found it. They found her. 
so after the disaster, recommendations were made by both the British and American boards of inquiry, uh, stating that ships should carry enough lifeboats for everybody aboard. Oh my! Who um, thought of that? They should get an award. I mean, they're brilliant. Everyone, everyone, everyone should, everyone should be on the lifeboat. Everyone should know. Um, as well as mandating lifeboat drills. Sure. Um, and lifeboat inspections would be conducted. Maybe teach somebody how to you know, use it? Maybe. Maybe. Um, furthermore, the United States government passed the Radio Act of 1912. <laughs> so this act, along with the International Convention for the Safety of Life at Sea, stated that radio communication on passenger ships would be operated 24 hours a day, yeah. along with a secondary power supply as to not miss distress calls. Seems like an obvious one, too. <laughs> also, the radioactive 1912 required ships to maintain contact with vessels in their vicinity, as well as coastal onshore radio stations. Finally, the disaster led to the formation and international funding of the International Ice Patrol, an agency of the United States Coast Guard. <laughs> the ice Patrol. The Ice Patrol. <laughs> they just are herding ice. It's a bunch of yetis. <laughs> Just a bunch of yetis the and like, you know, patrol. Ice That's patrol. Um, You're under arrest. So they monitor and report on <laughs> the location of North North Atlantic Ocean icebergs that could pose threat to transatlantic sea traffic. All right. So I guess that makes sense. I wrote down like a couple people that were like that went down with the ship. Of the 68% of the people. Okay. Um, so, Mr. Thomas Andrews, who was actually the designer of the ship, oh. he was on board and he went down with the ship. He didn't get in one of his lifeboats? He did not. He was like, you know what? I did this. I'm going to hang this out. This is my bad. This is, this is, oops. You go. You guys go. <laughs> uh, Mr. John Jacob Astor and his wife, Madeline, they were American millionaires. <gasps> were they the um, ones holding hands on the bed? No. Okay. They were not in third class. Oh, that was third class. That was third class. Oh, ooh, sorry. Ooh, um, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Benjamin Guggenheim, who is an American oh. businessman. Also, if you've heard of the, the Guggenheim, Guggenheim. I sure have. Uh, Isidore and Ida Strauss, the founders of Macy's. Oh. Uh, Commander Edward Smith, who was the captain. And oh, first officer, Lieutenant William Murdoch. He went down with his ship. And survivors. Uh-huh. Uh, Frederick Fleet, who was the lookout who originally spotted the iceberg. Oop. He was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> He just jumped on I top of you. it. I told you! And then uh, Miss Margaret <clears throat> Brown, who's also known as the unsinkable Molly Brown. Oh, no. Was um, she in more than one boat crash? I don't know. And she <laughs> was played by the one and only Kathy Bates in Ooh, the I love the Kathy Bates. Titanic. So that is isn't the she one? Isn't she Titanic. the one? No, she couldn't be. What? I thought Kathy Bates was the one on the bed holding hands with the. Mm-mm. She couldn't be if she lived. No, she lived because they did. Yep, they did not live. So that is the story. Good job of the ship Titanic and when it sank. Was there a big diamond on board? No. The- and there was no Jack Dawson or Rose Dewitt Bacater. Everything's a lie. And Jack could have absolutely fit on that door. Yeah, obviously. 100%. So wasn't there enough doors for everybody? I mean, you you would think <laughs> there would be enough of... De- Probably hard to break them off in the minute, There'd though. be enough debris... Debris. ...to get people on top of things. 
Apparently not. And out of the water. Apparently not. Apparently that's not the case. <laughs> I am sorely mistaken. Yeah. So that's it. That's Titanic. Good job. Thank you. Okay, I'm talking about Edward Titch. Titch? A.K.A. Blackbeard. <gasps> Blackbeard. <laughs> okay. So, first, this isn't put together my best that I've ever done. But okay. Mine was not either. First, we're going to talk about privateers. Ooh. Um, so, basically, during the... Oh, oh no. Spanish-American Spanish Su- Succession War, where like it was, I don't know, both the parents died. The kid was too young to be oh, king or whatever. Okay, right. They, everybody fought about it. Okay. So basically, it's just a typical, you know, <laughs> classic, typ- classic monarchy, monarchy in, kerfuffle. In, so in Europe, ship owners or captains of boats, they just needed to get a letter from their governments that said that they could legally attack, plunder, and kill the crews of enemies of the mm. state on the high seas without oversight or limit. What? <laughs> because this is the 17... Late 1600s, early 1700s. Um, so, you know, if you're having a battle between different countries across the sea... Yeah. A lot of the battles are going to be at sea. So mm-hmm. if you already have a boat, just be part of the Navy. Yeah. But also do your own thing. Be a merchant as well. Oh, my gosh. Captain Lee, if you are listening, <laughs> this is an option for you. <laughs> <laughs> well. He's a big fan of the show. <laughs> in, in the 1600s, it might be. I'm not sure if they still do it. Um, okay. So it's like the Navy, but it's their, their own thing. So, like. Basically, shop owners are attacking each other. Oh, merchant okay. ship, merchant ship. <laughs> the manager of Target is attacking the yeah. manager of a Nordstrom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the government, they ask or give permission to a bunch of people to do a bunch of shady, illegal things. Oh, well. And then once the war is over, they're kind of like, um, okay, stop doing that now. <laughs> now it's illegal. Um and they were no, like, but we were having so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, okay, well, if you're just merchant ships again, uh, we'll also pay you only half of what you were making, basically fighting our war for us. Mm. Um, so they went from being legal privateers mm-hmm. to illegal pirates. Just doing the same thing. <gasps> but now it's illegal. Pirate, pirate. I'm seeing it. <laughs> um. So, first of all, I want to talk about the Pirate Bill of Rights. They have a Bill of Rights? They've got a Bill of Rights. Wow. Pirates are very organized. They're very, like, it's crazy, actually, wow. what's going on. So, they have 11 main rules. Okay. The first one is, every man shall have an equal vote in affairs of the moment. He shall have an equal title to fresh provision. Provisions or strong liquors at the time seized, the and shall use them at pleasure unless scarcity makes it necessary for common good that the retrenchment may be voted. Basically, you get to vote on everything. Okay. You also get an equal share of the booty. Nice. Um, and you can use it however you want. Unless there's not enough for any for everybody, then they'll vote on how to distribute it. Oh. Okay, and then um, every man shall be called fairly in turn by the list of board of prizes because over and above their proper share, they're allowed a shift of clothes. But if they defraud the company, 
to the value of even one dollar, they shall be marooned. If, if any man rob another, he shall have his nose and ears split and be put ashore while he shall be sure to encounter hardships. So everyone gets clothes, but if they defraud or yeah. like steal from somebody, then they're going to be um, marooned where they'll encounter hardships. I yes. That's funny. Um, and when if you were marooned, you would get like a little bit of food, a small amount of water, and a pistol. Okay. <laughs> so once you get real thirsty, you just end it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, number three, you basically you can't gamble either with dice or cards. Okay. Because, like, when you gamble, you lose your share, and then oh. you want to, like, steal from people. Yeah. Or if somebody's winning too much, mm-hmm. you just kill them and take all theirs. Yeah. Um, mind the curfew. Lights and candles uh, shall be put out at eight at night. <gasps> These and are my then, kind of people. <laughs> and, if, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> and if the crew desire to drink after that hour, they have to sit um, on the open deck without lights on. Or just go to bed. Yeah. (laughs) Number five. Each man shall keep his piece, cutlass, and pistols. His piece like his His pew-pew. Not his piece. Piece Um, At all times clean and ready for action. Um, No woman shall be allowed amongst them. If any man shall be found seducing one and carrying her to sea in disguise, Mm. he shall suffer death. Oh, jeez. So no girls allowed. No girls allowed. If you try and dress it up like a dude... And they find out, they'll kill you both. Yeah, you're both, you're both got it out. <laughs> okay. Um, number seven, basically, if you desert your ship during battle, you'll be punished by death or marooning. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight, basically, it's no fighting on board. Um, but if you, like, have an argument that you need to settle somehow, mm-hmm. you have to wait until you're on land. Mm-hmm. And then you have kind of a... Like a ten dual commandments uh, duel, yeah. And then, if when you shoot, nobody gets killed, mm-hmm. then you sword fight. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet a lot of times, so, like people weren't mad by the time they got to shore, and they're yeah. like, "Never mind, we're so fine." So if you're like in a fight with somebody, and then it's like, "Hey, go to your corners. <laughs> yeah, we'll sort this out in Sleep three days on it. <laughs> when we hit land." Yeah. <laughs> if you still want to shoot each other, fine. We can go for it. And if you both miss because you're terrible shots. <laughs> well, and I don't think, like, the pistols in the 1600s were super thing. accurate. <laughs> um, okay, number nine. Basically, if you um, become cripple or get, need peg leg or an eye patch, you mm-hmm. get stock from the other raids. Oh. You don't get as much, I don't think, but you still. Well, yeah. you got injured on the job. We'll give you workers' comp. It's, it's workers' comp. <laughs> it's an OJI. And then rank has its privileges, as mm-hmm. we know from below deck. Rank mm-hmm. is very important. Yes. If you're the captain or the quartermaster, you get two shares. Ooh. If you're a master gunner or bosun, you get 1.5. The bosun. Other officers get one and a quarter, and everyone else gets one share. Okay. Fair. Very Lay fair. The rules ahead of time. Very fair. Lay it out. You know what you're walking into. <laughs> yeah. And then number 11 is kind of strange. Oh. Musicians shall rest on the Sabbath day. Musicians? By right. On all other days by favor only. So basically, you get one day of rest, but any other time someone asks you to play a song, you have to play it. <laughs> I assume before lights out. Excuse me, I'm going to need a, the Yo-Ho song <laughs> remix. What if you don't know how to play it? 
hit me baby one more time or whatever. Yeah. What if it's like, I need to hear, you know, Johan, some Johann Sebastian Bach <laughs> yeah, exactly. up in this I'm going to have a banjo. <laughs> I just have a recorder. <laughs> no one would ever ask you to play I can play Hot Cross Buns. <laughs> okay. All right. So bl- back to Blackbeard. Yeah. Okay. So not a ton is known about his childhood or his youth. Like pirates don't really tend to brag about that stuff. But no. legend goes that Blackbeard's dad was a pri- privateer. Okay. I keep stumbling over that word. Um, who had been active during the Dutch Wars before returning to Bristol, mm-hmm. um, where he made little Beebeard. <laughs> baby Beebeard. <laughs> baby Beebeard. Baby Beebeard. <laughs> Um, his dad... Did he come with a hook? <laughs> he never... I don't think he had a hook. Uh, oh. I don't think he did. Um, his dad died soon after um, Blackbeard was born. <laughs> I assume it wasn't Blackbeard, but I can't remember what it was. I'm not scrolling back up. It's okay. Um, Baby Beard. Baby Beard. Uh, and then... Okay, so his dad died. And then, of course, he had a terrible stepdad who, like, regularly beat him. And that led Blackbeard to sign up as a cabin boy on a ship where the ship transported goods and slaves from Jamaica. Um, fairly quickly, he wa- he worked his way up to cabin man, Ooh, and then cabin. to captain. I don't know what a cabin man is. The bosun. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and he did this maybe as soon as he was like in his late teens or early 20s, oh. which is kind of cool, I guess. That is kind of cool. <laughs> but I think pirates were usually pretty young, like in their 20s. Yeah, maybe. So, anyways, when he was working on his legit ship, um, his base was in a place called Port Royal in Jamaica. <gasps> Heard of her. Have you? That's um, Pirates of the Caribbean. They go to Port Royal. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. That's the only... That's how I've heard of her. Like, it's a super rough place. <laughs> it was, like, exactly in the movie. Yeah. Like, people are spending all their money on booze and ladies. Mm-hmm. Um and the port actually had the most taverns and brothels of any port in all the Americas at the time. But, go. <laughs> God bless them. God bless. But then in 1962, there was this giant earthquake. 1962? 1692, there was this giant <laughs> earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? There was a giant earthquake that basically sunk the town to the bottom of the ocean. Oh. Because it was built on sand. Like, yeah. No, shocker, no, no. a bunch of drunks didn't build the sturdiest town. But, <laughs> and then after that, there was a tsunami that oh. came and sunk all the boats. So it was, like, real bad. 5,000 people died. It was as bad. Um, and as people are dying, all the criminals in the town, mm-hmm. which is everyone, they were like, okay, I see an opportunity here. Ooh. And they, their eyes turned into little dollar signs. Yeah. Um, and then they go loot all the homes and, you know, houses. Uh, and warehouses and stuff. As and one does. As one does. <laughs> you know. Traumatic event. Just like downtown Seattle. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then once the ground stopped shaking, they went around and cut the fingers off of all the people that had died so they could get their rings. Like, was it that hard to just pull it you off? You just pull it. You <laughs> just pull it off. Like, they're not going to care if you break their finger on accident. Yeah. I mean, pi- pirates be pirating. <sighs> pirates do be pirating. Um, and then what was left of the town became this hub basically for pirates still. Like, yeah. it just, it came back, but not quite as big. Um, so now that, here Blackbeard arrives in this town, um, and he works for a while as a legitimate British privateer. Mm-hmm. 
But when this, the War of Spanish Succession ended in 1713, all the privateering contracts were canceled. Oh, geez. So now there's like 40,000 men who were out of work, um, but they all had fast, heavily armed, well-manned ships and nothing to do. Well, got to plunder. <laughs> and these ships had been built to rob merchant vessels, like Just other keep- vessels. So, I mean, you're kind of setting what else up he for. Do? Yeah, he's ready to rob. He needs to <laughs> plunder and. Okay, so here we have the inception crap. of the golden age of piracy. Yerg. Um. So, like many other privateers lacking legitimate and legal employment after the war, um, he returned to. Well, he basically just started piracy. Mm-hmm. Um, he joined a crew of Benjamin. Hornigold, a notorious yeah. pirate operating out of the Bahamas. Um, and then again, we kind of have a few years of not really knowing exactly what they're up to, but five years later... Pirating. But they're pirating. Five years later, Hornigold resurfaces, <laughs> and he's got a 30-gun vessel called the Ranger. Ooh. And Black Bo- ba- Blackbeard. Blackbeard was sailing right next to him because... Um, Hornigold had given him command of his own ship as oh. a reward for being a good pirate. Way to go, Blackbeard. A sloop. Pirate of the year. Pirate of the year. And you get Here's a, a sloop. Here's a sloop. A sloop is a single-masted sailboat. Oh. Just one mast. Um, and sometimes that would happen if they captured a ship. Like, what are they going to do with it? So you get, like, the captain of the little boat. Yeah. Um, and it's a good little sneaky tool for a pirate because it's smaller. You can sneak up. It's fast, lighter, and small. Uh, smaller, like I said. Um, and sometimes you would have, like, a few sloops would be friends with one big ship and, like, a little beehive. They'd work all together. <coughs> um, so this team of pirates can't just, like, go to a normal port, right? They're doing this illegally, and it would be easy to find them if they just, like, showed up at their slip. Mm-hmm. Um, so they set up an island in the Bahamas in a deserted collection of partially collapsed building that had been abandoned by the British. Um, and it kind of became Port Royal 2.0, just like booze and babes and crime, basically. Mm-hmm. So all these ships were wreaking havoc, um, and it became a big pain for the British. <laughs> and it's hard to find criminals in the open ocean. Like, they could be anywhere. There's a lot of sea out yeah. there. Um and it's hard to find boats when you don't have satellites, I guess. <laughs> so King George I signed a royal pl- proclamation that if any pirate surrendered themselves by September 15, 1718, they would receive a pardon for all <clears throat> pirate actions. <laughs> it's like... Whatever. Pirate actions. Things that pirates do. (laughs) They may have taken since the end of the war of Spanish secession. So anyone who didn't um, take that pardon Mm -hmm. uh, now had a bounty on their heads, Mm -hmm. especially the captains. There was a higher bounty on the captain's heads, even if they were turned in by their own, like, crew member. Uh, Mutiny! So it actually made captains want to keep their mateys happy so that they didn't get turned in. And it was really interesting. They kind of, they came up with this... um, deal with each pirate like you would sign a contract (laughs) that you could choose if you wanted to get paid money like by the hour yeah or you could get paid based on how much loot you got 
from a specific oh. looting. So, like, they basically got stock if they wanted, which is crazy. Like, they had to sign before they, um, you know, did the looting. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was kind of funny. Um, anyways, Horny Gold knew that most people didn't, you know, grow very old being a pirate. So he took the out. Um, he told the British government, because remember, it's five years after the war. He, he told the British government that, oops, you know, I actually didn't know the war was over. Oopsie. <laughs> My the bad. war's over? What? <laughs> what? I was shocked. Um, and when Horny Gold left, the remaining pirates voted. And Blackbeard was elected as captain of 150-ish pirates. Yes. And he he was 6'4 or 5, which oh, at the time, geez. even for now, That's, is like really intimidating. Um, he had long, unkempt, braided black beard mm. that was like rat-tailed and tied with ribbons in oh. it. <laughs> which is like... That's like Johnny Depp. I guess it's scary in the 1700s. Um, well, let's hope the ribbon wasn't, like, pink. I don't know. Like, like a pink ribbon. Yeah, it's cute. Oh, you're so cute, baby. <laughs> um, he dressed in a long sea captain's coat. He changes the colors for holidays. Yeah. And had a sword belt, like, across his body, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had um, three pistols that he hung from holsters in his chest, or on his chest that he had made. Um, and so, like, from appearance to swagger to leading, he he had it all. Yeah. Like, he was really good at being a pirate. <laughs> you go. You go, Blackbeard. It's documented that in time of action, he stuck lighted fuses under his hat. Uh, what? Which appearing on each side of his face, his naturally looking fierce and, and wild... Oh, his eyes naturally looking fierce and wild made him altogether such a figure that imagination could form the idea of a fury from hell to look more frightful. <laughs> and also burns on his face. Yeah. <laughs> By 1717, Blackbeard had captured a ship that he renamed the Queen Anne's Revenge, Ooh. which is kind of a savage name. Yeah. So they went to get this ship. Uh, well, they got the ship and then they kind of like DIY'd it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, they would take out the bulkhead and put all the treasure there so mm. that <clears throat> everyone could see it at all times. So mm, no one would steal anything. Um, and they'd basically gut it so it was lighter and faster. They'd make portholes or, like, more portholes so that they could stick cannons out yeah. of them. Um, and basically you can tell pretty easily what's a pirate ship and what's, like, a merchant vessel because yeah. it's redone. Yeah, if, if, it's a, if it looks a little too DIY. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Blackbeard was smart and sneaky, and the Queen Anne's re- revenge was quick, so he could get away if there was a naval ship with obviously more guns than he had. Um, th- and the thing that made Blackbeard so good at being a pirate was that he knew when to fight and he knew when to run away. Oh, <laughs> so he wasn't smart. just going to fight anybody. Yeah, no, he was like, okay, goodbye. Um, and this is what led to Blackbeard um, to make the blockade of Charleston. Ooh. So Charleston, I guess, at the time was loaded. Um, they had exports that were bringing in the dough. They had slaves coming in. I mean. <laughs> um, yeah. And it. so they just had so much money. And there mm-hmm. was ships full of goods in mm-hmm. and out. Mm-hmm. So the Blackbeard, he's not going to attack the city of no. Charleston, South oh, Carolina. No, no. So he sets up a blockade of four ships outside of Charleston, and he'd rob ships going in and out. <laughs> 
Which is a great idea. Pull over. <laughs> yeah. Basically, they'd sit out there and wait for ships to sail out and see just, you know, oh, it's another ship mm-hmm. from far away, I'm sure. If you have bad eyes, you yeah. can't tell it's a pirate ship. Um, and... Uh, 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 uh. Oh, and when the ship got close, they just raised the black flag or the um, Jolly Roger flag <gasps> and fire a warning shot. Pew. And not a single ship put up a fight against Blackbeard. Okay. Everyone yeah. was too scared. Like, pirates had a bad reputation yeah. of torturing and killing colonists. At one point, a ship coming into port was full of slaves. So Blackbeard was like, hey, do any of you want to join my crew instead yeah. of going Didn't to be I? a slave? Yeah. And so, like, a bunch of them did. Yeah. Would anyone like to be a pirate? <laughs> we pay really well. Yeah, we're like really civilized. Yeah. Um, We've got <laughs> rules. <laughs> so he was, he only did the blockade for a week, but it just wreaked havoc on like everybody. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most prominent ports. Um, in gold and silver alone, they stole what would now be $400,000 worth of monies. Ooh. Just sitting around blowing your cannon. They didn't even have to fight anybody. Yeah, they were just like, <laughs> pew, let me raise a flag. Yeah. But now everyone knew Blackbeard, mm-hmm. which is partially exactly what he wanted. He yeah. wanted people to see, like, ooh, Blackbeard's scary. Let's ooh. give him all our stuff. But along with that, he's now basically public enemy number one. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, and they weren't nice to captured pirates. They would hang them pretty quickly (laughs) Um, so getting caught was obviously not a great thing after Charleston he just kind of bopped around raiding ships um, using almost no violence whatsoever just intimidation Mm -hmm. once in a while he would hold ships hostages for a bit just to seem scary you know you got to keep up appearances and then you let them go and they spread the word that Blackbeard's still scary (laughs) yeah so, at this time, he now has three vessels and about 300 pirates in his crew, which is huge. That's just, like, how are you going to manage that many people? Um, he, and he had more men than a lot of the military boats out there trying to police them. And Queen Anne's Revenge had no less than 36 guns at the ready at all times. So, this made one of the largest, the Queen Anne one of the largest ships in America, mm-hmm. including in the Navy. It wasn't in the Navy, but it was bigger than the Navy's. Um, He had a very effective lieutenant as well, which is helpful. He is known as Black Caesar. Uh Nobody knows what his real name was, but he was a former African chieftain. Basically, he, like, got tricked into a slave ship. Mm -hmm. Um, But the ship found itself in the throes of a hurricane. And Black Caesar and one other guy got on a boat. Yeah. Like a... They had enough lifeboats. They had a lifeboat. (laughs) <laughs> they got some supplies and some ammo, um, and they were the only survivors on that mm. from that ship. So they began pirating almost immediately together. They'd pretend their boat was broken down, and then a boat would come by to help, and they'd rob them. Mm-hmm. And then they'd go bury their treasure. <laughs> it's true. Then they, uh, that guy in Black Caesar got into a fight over a woman, obviously. <sighs> Um, but they played by the pirate rules. Got to wait till you're on land. They got to land. Yeah. And then they had a duel where Black Caesar shot the other guy in the head. Oh, well, there you go. So now he's alone. Um, he's started to get some other people together to pirate. 
<laughs> I guess. Yeah. Want to um, play pirate? You want a pirate with me? <laughs> uh, they got a vessel and apparently posted up on a small island, which is still called Black Caesar Rock in the Florida Keys. Oh, of course, um, Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Black Caesar pirated there for 10 years until he finally became Blackbeard's trusty lieutenant to the very end. Um, so how pirate attacks typically worked was a lot of times they put up a false flag, which means they would put up a flag similar or matching to the one of the ship that's coming. Mm. So. Because my friend. You're like, hey, like, what's up? Do you want to trade? Like, I don't know. Jack Daniels for Captain Morgan or whatever. <laughs> and, like, what's the news that you've heard? You know, yeah. they're out at sea forever. Um, so when they would get close, they would take down the false flag and raise... The Jolly Roger. The Jolly Roger. Or just the black flag. Um, and then they would shoot a warning shot out of the cannon. And they'd be like, dang it. <laughs> like, ugh. Ugh, pirates killed. again. Um, and then when it got in... Close oak, oh, so they'd shoot a warning shot, and then when they got in closer, they could shoot like nails and stuff out of a smaller cannon that basically would just to- tear through people, but it didn't affect the boat. Like, oh, boats have nails in them all the time. Yeah, they thrive on nails. <laughs> they live. They love. They, they live love a good nails. nail. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then they would throw basically these smoke bombs onto the other ship. Oh. And then they'd board. They'd throw over grappling hooks to, like, swing aboard. <gasps> I know. Isn't that so cool? What? That's so cool. I know, me too. <laughs> but then they would also use the grappling hooks to, like, pull the boat closer to them. Oh. So then everybody else could jump on. Mm-hmm. through Like, through the smoke. They have their swords oh. and their pistols. <laughs> no wonder they made so many movies about it. Okay. That's great. Um, Okay, and then they'd either take them hostage and take all their stuff, or they would just shoot each other, and it would, you know, okay. until somebody surrendered like, okay. or everybody died, I guess. Okay, you can have it. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so Blackbeard kind of starts thinking about retirement. He's like, I don't know, this pirate thing is kind of hard work. Like, that's mm-hmm. the bare minimum is I'm grappling tired. and hooks swinging over, you know? Um, and he was like, well, maybe I can still get that pardon that <laughs> horny gold got pardon or whatever his name was talking about years ago, <laughs> like 10 years too late. Um, but the problem is what would he do with the queen Anne's revenge? She's he can't just give it to anybody. No, and he's not going to scuttle it. No. So he decides he would shipwreck it. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's scuttling. With but everyone okay. on it. And he uh, he did, and he damaged it beyond repair. Oh no, I did not see that island Oopsie. over there. Oopsie, Oopsie. And then he was like, "Okay, well, sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> let's just drink all the booze that was on the boat." And he's like, "Let's see how fast we can drink all the booze <gasps> on the boat." A challenge. And once they were all drunk enough not to know what was going on, Blackbeard and about twenty of his closest friends went in on a sloop and abandoned the rest of the crew on the beach in North Carolina. Oh, well, there you go. Goodbye. Goodbye. The old Irish goodbye. That's the pirate goodbye. That's the pirate goodbye. You, gotta, you also yes. screw your friends you over. strand them on an island and leave. <laughs> Get them really drunk. <laughs> strand them on a random island and then bolt. It wasn't an island. It was North a Carolina. Land. Okay, so now there's like 80 guys that want revenge on Blackbeard. He's not making any friends. And I think they even bought a sloop 
or maybe used one that they already had and they were like getting ready to do it and then they were like actually blackbeard's really scary yeah oh. <laughs> i don't really want to fight blackbeard and i'm tired um tired of pirating mm, yeah blackbeard goes and actually does convince someone to give him a pardon Oh, hey, Blackbeard. He wants to turn over a new leaf. I mean, you turn over those leaves, Blackbeard. Yarg. Yarg. Um, and he got it, so he tried to be a legit member of society. <laughs> By you saying tried, I am... <laughs> <laughs> How long do you think it lasts? Oh, a week. Two months. Okay. <laughs> um... You see, the governor that had pardoned him said that he could go and be a legal privateer again and had given him his own sloop. <laughs> Which, like, that's not... What were you thinking? So, yeah, come on he's now. Go- <laughs> use, use your he didn't noggin. shave the beard. He's not that different. Yeah, no, he still has the ribbon. <laughs> and he named it one of the name of... Or the name of one of his past sloops. So they're like, are you sure, <laughs> are you sure you're not pirating? With this pirating thing? <laughs> so he went right back to piracy. Oh, of course. And at one point, the governor was like... Pirate's going to pirate. <laughs> yeah, pirate's going to pirate. At one point, the governor was like, where are you getting all this stuff, Blackbeard? Blackbeard. <laughs> and he was like, I found it. I found it. Look at it. And brought witnesses, which were other pirates. Um, so that was it. The Royal British Navy was sent to take him down. Um, Blackbeard sees him coming, and they're like pretty close to his home base so Mm -hmm. he's like okay i'm gonna zip around and try and make it so they beach themselves yeah um so but the (laughs) the other captain and him just start yelling back and forth like they don't have radios to talk (laughs) so they have to yell um and then it's it's obvious that this is gonna be (laughs) no (laughs) i don't want to i don't want (laughs) to so i don't know what they yelled but it became obvious that this was going to be a battle to the death. <sighs> so Blackbeard shoots one of the cannons with the nails mm-hmm. and an old pieces of iron, killing six people instantly. Like, that's no joke. You. It doesn't look that bad on Pirates of the Caribbean, but no. apparently it is. But it is bad. <laughs> um, as Blackbeard was sailing back to the harbor, um, he did get one of the Navy ships to run aground, but he also did himself. Oh, oopsie. Oopsie, oopsie. Didn't think so, that one through, Blackbeard. Yeah. So they start throwing things off the boat, trying to get it to float again. Both the boats do. But Blackbeard succeeds first, and he goes and sails to the other ship. He shoots another nail cannon thing, and he's like, look, to his crew. He's like, look, there's only a few of them left. Like, let's get on board. Let's take this ship. Yeah. Game over. Um, but what Blackbeard didn't know is that most of the crew were hiding below deck. Ooh. And Blackbeard was falling into their trap exactly mm. as planned. Oh, they outpirated the pirate. They outpirated the pirate. Um, so he, but he doesn't know that. So he swings himself over via grappling hook. And like just as the, all the people were walking up from he's downstairs, like, he's like, ah, never mind. He swings back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like kicking backwards. <laughs> but remember, he has all those pistols on him at all times. So he's just going through the crowds, just like boom, 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 boom. One runs out. He throws it away, gets this other one. Mm-hmm. It's like, kind of, he's a little bit of a zaddy, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. Have <laughs> <Head> my beard. <laughs> okay. Maybe just because he's tall, but. Um, so, in the chaos, though, Blackbeard is shot Ooh. by one of his own men. Oopsies. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but, but he keeps fighting. Um, once he ran out of guns, he starts using his sword and starts fighting the captain of the British or the Royal British Navy. Just like in a GD movie, the two captains are still yeah. fighting. Everybody else is fighting behind them. <sighs> the other captain falls after Blackbeard like comes after him, and he grabs his pistol and he shoots Blackbeard. Oh, and he does a really good soundtrack. Blackbeard keeps going. What? He did it again. Shot Blackbeard again. He keeps going. Blackbeard. Finally, a crew member of the Navy sees that Blackbeard is advancing on their captain. And as Blackbeard has the sword over his head, about to throw down on the mm-hmm. Navy guy, the crew member buries Ew. a sword in his neck. But Blackbeard keeps going. No, he doesn't. Blood is shooting everywhere. He's like flailing his sword around. Um, and then he gets shot again. Blackbeard! And doesn't go down. What? Is- so the captain finally gets up, raises his sword, and cuts off his head. <gasps> and Blackbeard keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. Blackbeard's a robot. Um, Black Caesar, he tried to blow up the armory on the Navy vessel, but he was captured before he could do it, but that would have been cool. That so been cool. shout out Black yeah. Caesar. Um, the Royal British Army hung Blackbeard's head off the front of their boat, you oh. know, like where the mermaid is. <laughs> Just is like, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Put and- it on the mermaid's head. And so instead of, yeah. it's like the mermaid body, but then just Blackbeard's head. Like it's tongue out. It's a little ribbon just dangling. <laughs> his beard <laughs> um and that's how blackbeard went down as the most infamous pirate in history blackbeard he was good at it he was very he but was he died good. doing it yeah, well may he r.i.p he may all right august 9th yeah um on this day 48 bc oh girl caesar's civil war <gasps> black caesar no regular caesar <laughs> Uh, Caesar of the salad. Um, Julius Caesar (laughs) decisively defeats Pompey at Pharsalus, and Pompey flees to Egypt. Pompey flees to Egypt? Isn't that a town? It is, but it's also a person. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That makes more sense. Uh, 1173, the construction of the Tower of Pisa begins... And it takes two <laughs> centuries to finish it. No wonder it's leaning. And it's still <laughs> It still <crooked>. sucks. <laughs> they probably had different, like, building materials they probably, the second century in. They probably built like, it. They couldn't get it to stand up straight. They're like, oh, forget it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> tourists Just will take, finish it. Tourists will take pictures trying to push it out. <laughs> yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, 1930, animated character Betty Boop. Betty Boop. Debuts in Max Flesher's cartoon, Dizzy Dishes. Mm-hmm. 1945, the U.S. drops the second atomic bomb called Fat Man on Nagasaki. Fat Man. Destroying part of the city. Uh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Killing a lot of people. Spoiler alert. Uh, 1965, Singapore separates from the Federation of Malaysia and, gra- and gains its independence. Every time I hear Malaysia, Malaysia. it's like, I'm going to kill the Prime Minister of Malaysia. <laughs> Same. It's not? like I'm talking to crazy. Oh, no, it's like I'm taking crazy, crazy pills. pills. <laughs> Hansel, so hot right now. So hot right now. Uh, 1969, the Manson family commits the Tate and LaBianca murders. Oh, nuts. Bad one. Bad one. Uh, 1974, Richard Nixon 
We've talked about him before during our yeah. lovely government month. Mm-hmm. Uh, resigns as president of the United States and Vice President Gerald Ford swears the oath of oath. The oath, the oath <laughs> of office to take his place as the thirty as the thirty eighth president. And then in 2017, a giant inflatable chicken resembling <laughs> U.S. President Donald Trump placed outside the Resemble- White House <laughs> as a political protest. Got him. Got him. <laughs> I'm going to pull him. Oh, boy. Chicken. <laughs> Trump chicken. Trump chicken. <laughs> In all its glory. <laughs> oh, you can buy it? Uh, oh. What? Interesting. Okay, it's not working. You go and I will, okay. I will pull this up because you need to see the giant inflatable chicken. 1483, the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican opens. Ooh. Heard of her. 803, nope, 1803. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I went backwards. 1803, the first horse arrives in Hawaii. <gasps> Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson have reportedly split up. My chance! I finally have my chance! You have your opportunity! <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Breaking news on the phone! <laughs> <No. laughs> my BuzzFeed alerts. Uh, also in 1803, <laughs> Robert Fulton tests his steam paddle boat on a river in France. Yeah. It sinks. Nope. <laughs> Oopsies. Um, 1815, Napoleon Bonaparte sets sail for exile on St. Helena. On board a British ship called the Northumberland. Northumberland. <laughs> um, 1859, Otis Tufts patents the first passenger elevator. 1893, the first bowling magazine is published in New York. Mm. It's called Gut Holes. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently means good luck in bowling. Oh, I don't like that. But it's gut G-U-T-H-O-L-Z. Gut holes? Gut, no, but a space. Oh. Gut holes. Gut holes. (laughs) Still don't like it. Um, 1898, Rudolf Diesel of Germany obtains a patent for his internal combustion engine. A diesel engine? Later known as the diesel engine. I didn't know it was named after a person. I didn't either. Um... Alva Fisher of Chicago. Oh, 1910. Alva Fisher of Chicago receives a patent for an electronic washing machine. Ooh. Why isn't she a saint? She needs to be. She, I don't God know how her. that works, but that's a miracle. I would like a picture of her to put in my laundry room. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I feel that's cute. It's very, I would love it. Yeah. But cute. Um, Patron saint of laundry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, 1979. Brighton on the south coast of England. It sounds pretty, <laughs> pretty sure I didn't write it down. <laughs> Becomes the first major oh yeah, resort in Britain to officially set aside two a two hundred yard stretch of its beach for nudists. Ooh, a nude beach. <laughs> the nudist beach will open for the public the next summer. Mm-hmm. And then in twenty sixteen Michael Phelps won his twentieth gold medal. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's too many. That's a lot of gold medals. Share it. Share the wealth. Okay, show me the duck. Oh my, oh my goodness. It's go. Oh my goodness. That's a lot to take in. Is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. On the lawn of the White House. Okay. There he is. There he is. And apparently they said it was because it was the year of the rooster. Oh, that's sure, not sure, a rooster. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, Maybe no, it is. It's a duck. <laughs> it's a duck. 
It's a full-on duck. <laughs> it's a rubber duck situation. <laughs> may they R.I.P. They may. Uh, 1948, Hugo Boss, German fashion designer mm-hmm. of Hugo, Hugo Boss. Boss. <laughs> um, also, did you know he designed the outfits for the Nazis? Oh, great. The SS. All of their, like, regalia designed by Hugo Boss. Job, so men, whenever you're wearing a Hugo Boss suit... You're a Nazi. You're supporting the Nazis. Um, <laughs> Certain that's how that works. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Well, um, good. Glad he died 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Good riddance. Uh, 1986, James Whitman Macklemore, an American businessman and the first CEO of Burger King, oh. who created the Whopper. Whopper. The Whopper Daddy. Whopper Daddy. <laughs> Whaddy. Is that all? Yep. Okay, 1973, Dean Coral, the candy man, who Ooh. killed a bunch of kids, no. uh, was shot by one of his victims slash accomplices. No. 1995, Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead. And 2008, Bernie Mac. <gasps> yeah. Of the Bernie Mac Show. Of the Bernie Mac Show. <laughs> Happy HBD. birthday to the man with one of the best mustaches in the Ooh. game, Sam Elliott. <laughs> Okay. Uh, he's an American actor. He's from uh, Star is Born. He's also in... Oh, uh, oh yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. He's the dad he in the show He does have quite a mustache. He's got a mustache. <laughs> um, 1963, Whitney Houston. Yeah. Um, did you know she was a film producer? She produced The Princess Diaries? No. I had no idea until this very moment when I just read it. Wow. Uh... 1968. Did you not do on this day? You're just flying by the seat of your pants right now. No. I just didn't read like the rest of the sentence. I didn't read like I read who it is. I didn't read like the rest of the sentence. Um, 1968. Eric Bana. Yeah. Who was in uh, the movie Troy? He's also Dirty John and Dirty John. He's he's just fantastic. Yeah, he's a cutie. He's a cutie. And 1985, Miss Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Love her. I also have 1959, Michael Kors. Ooh. Another designer. Yeah, do, do love a designer. Yep. If you buy from him, you are not supporting the Nazis. Who knows? Unlike Hugo Boss. And also Who Volkswagen. Knows? Oh, for sure. Volkswagen made all the of Volkswagen. the cars for the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Also, German shepherds are problematic. Probably, <laughs> but they're so stinking cute. You know, they're good at police work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're, yeah. They're fine. They're fine. Okay, that's Everything's it. Everything's fine. Um, I'm going to go marry Pete Davidson. I'll meet you later. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Wait, I'm coming with you. Oh, Gosh, that's I, fine. Need, I need to be your witness. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I need a witness. Yeah, you need you need a, at least one. I learned that one. You, you I just, learned that. You just need learned one. Learned that the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> you just need one witness. <laughs> All right. Okay, love you, meet Love you, meet it. Bye. Bye. Okay, where's the stop? <laughs>